Greta Thunberg is in the news again after sharing her support for Gaza and somehow linking it to the climate and also sharing an anti-Semitic octopus, but I'll get on to that. I wanted to analyse the rise and rise of one of the most divisive figures on the planet, Greta Thunberg. And I don't know if it's Thunberg or Thunberg, so I'm going somewhere between. To some, Greta is a shining light who shines light on social inequalities and, in particular, climate change. To others, she's a symbol of everything that is wrong with a certain kind of virtue signalling empty platitudes and narcissism. When she first came to the fore at the age of just 15, I remember thinking that she was mildly irritating, but promoting a good cause. And I didn't want to jump on the bandwagon of people attacking her because I didn't want to attack a 15-year-old autistic girl, right? It just didn't seem necessary. Some people went full in on her. I don't think that was necessary at all. She's nearly 21 now, and while I don't want to be mean, I do want to take a look at some of, well, some of her views from a nuanced perspective, some of her behaviour, of course, as well, and more importantly, the behaviours of those around her who have pushed her to stardom in what I think is an irresponsible manner, culminating in a photo put out today in which she quite incredibly links pro-Gaza support with climate change. So I'll get into quite how that's come to be and how that's quite common, her view, and why that is so ridiculous. I'm going to get into that. And I hope that this, you know, really helps people get to grips with this. For those who don't know, of course, Greta Thunberg is the world's most famous climate activist. She first gained notoriety and hordes of impassioned fans when she was just 15 at the school strike for climate outside the Swedish parliament. I think more than her arguments, she was 15, it was her, her mannerisms and her attitude that stuck a chord, struck a chord and made a celebrity of her. For good or bad, her sulky brand of activism was encouraged by her parents. Her father says Greta became much happier after she started campaigning. In fact, she even took a year out from high school, which is quite remarkable really, between 2019 and 2020, to concentrate on activism, lecturing country leaders who smiled patronisingly at her and pretended to take her advice on board. How dare you, she said. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Again, it wasn't really what she was saying because those are all empty words. They don't mean anything. Nobody has stolen her childhood. Nobody's stolen her dreams. Nobody has dared her or, or whatever that, that is. Uh, just as, you know, she accused the leaders of, it's it's a child sulking in the back of a car. That's what she's that's what she's doing there. She's accusing them of empty platitudes, but that is what she gives, unfortunately. She doesn't really give any solutions. Now, other slogans that she's chanted at respectable figures who've achieved far more than her in her short lifetime include, listen to the scientists. These were really easy slogans, which for the, for the most part are good. I mean, that's good advice, listen to the scientists, mostly. But there are also plenty of times in human history when that might not have been such a good idea. Just ask 
well, I don't mean, I'm not comparing her on any level, but I'm just saying that you know there are times in history where you haven't had to listen to the scientists, okay? I think we should listen to scientists, but those kinds of slogans reek not of intellectualism or nuance, but of schoolyard politics, schoolyard chanting and stuff. And that's because she is a child. I mean, now she's nearly 21. But most of what we've heard from her is her as a child. And I believe she's been stuck in that time because she became this huge phenomenon at such a young age. But I think it's her mannerisms, partially an aspect of her neurodivergence or autism, that was so unusual as to be click-worthy and shareable. So I think that's what got her so big, the way she spoke, the way she was, and all of the... It's, it's never been about her arguments. But it's a strange thing because parents are there to guide their children around unexpected corners. We're supposed to be the seeing eyes of those too young to have developed a full picture. The human brain is not fully formed until a person reaches 25 years old. And yet, 10 years previous, Greta was being told that not only was she the most precocious and talented and caring, and that's key, caring, individual in her school or city or country, but the world. She was told she had the keys to saving the world. And remember, remember that we deal on this channel with cult dynamics and Tom Cruise and Scientology. And so this is a really familiar story, clearing the world of the reactive mind. Now, as soon as somebody, especially somebody so young, is told that they have the power, they alone, to save the world, that is a recipe for a very special kind of narcissism. Just imagine what it would have done to you to me, to any of us, if our parents and supporters, the fact she even had supporters at 15, had told us when we were 15 that we had the intellectual capacity and emotional superiority to lecture world leaders. And such is the ferocity of the waves on which the vectors of virtuosity sail that none could ever respond in anything other than patronising smiles. Yes, Greta, we'll do as you please, we'll save the world. Nobody, no big world leader can be like, oh, F off now, Greta, will you? They had to respond. Now, another point I want to make is about her autism. It's another reason maybe people felt they have to just smile along. I know many of my viewers are on the spectrum or have family who are, and I have, uh, who are as well. And it's encouraging to see mental health spoken about today in a way that would have shamed and shunned autistic people just a decade or two ago. But we also mustn't be guilty of fetishizing neurodivergence. It is neither better nor worse. It is just different. We need to resist that urge to overcorrect on the shamings of the past by lifting those with certain conditions above others. And Greta does do that by calling her autism a superpower. In many respects, it can be helpful to see it that way. And I know some autistic people who wouldn't change it for the world, change their condition, that is. But that doesn't mean Greta is necessarily best placed to communicate and interact socially on a global scale about such an important topic. Now, at this point in my diatribe, I'm sure some people are thinking that despite all this, Greta has a good point about the climate and all these things, and that if she helps to raise awareness about climate change, then what's the problem? And that's why this is a nuanced look at Greta, I hope, because she has had so many viral moments that it has undoubtedly shifted the Overton window, the accepted range of opinions. You might find her views extreme, but now because of the mark she has made on those extreme ends, we are more open, perhaps, to slightly less extreme views. 
Also, her protests tend not to be quite so disruptive as Just Stop Oil, you know, the ones who stand in the road and don't let you drive. So she's not as disruptive in that sense. So I think there are many good points to Greta Thunberg. The intricacies of climate change are hotly disputed, and I don't think I need to go too far into that here, except to say that 97% of scientists agree that humans are causing global warming and climate change. And even if not, I believe that fossil fuels are not a permanent solution to the way we might want to live as a society. Frankly, I don't like breathing in the ghastly fumes from cars and factories and things. But, and this is pivotal, and this is why it's not just inappropriate, but insulting to have a teenager lecturing leaders of nations who are responsible for essentially feeding the mouths of millions. So yes, it appears we need to move away from fossil fuels, but we also need to remember that fossil fuels brought us to the safest, most comfortable and healthiest moment in human history. And most importantly, they brought about an industrial revolution that housed and fed most of the world in a way that had never previously been done. Just read Jack London's People of the Abyss to see what a state the likes of East London was in, let alone other less developed parts of the globe just 100 years ago. To move, away, to move away from fossil fuels, as I believe is our path and duty, cannot be done all at once because millions, possibly billions of people, currently rely on them. But that kind of nuance is just not going to appeal to a 15-year-old child. This is why I think it's mad to some people, particularly on some parts of the left, uh, to push the lower, to, to, sorry, to lower the voting age to 16. The fact is that Greta and most 16-year-olds have never had to fend for themselves, have never experienced anything of the struggles of day-to-day -day life. And as I mentioned, their brains are still developing for another nine or 10 years. You know, if I had the power to change things when I was 15 or 16, imagine what damage I might have done to the world if I was actually given the keys to it. The way that she was pushed by advisors around her into becoming this messianic, phenomenon is tantamount to child abuse. So I'm looking to blame those around her as much as or more than her. And that leads us finally to today's post, today's comment about her support for Gaza. The first thing to say about it is that she took down the initial post because she had a stuffed toy blue octopus next to her and was roundly criticised for propagating an anti-Semitic trope because the blue octopus image was one used by many you know, Nazis and people who were spreading vicious lies about the Jews as blue octopi. However, however, Greta took it down and said she didn't realise that and that it was a stuffed toy that helps autistic people. And I believe her because I think, you know, What's the point? Why would you just take it down as soon as it's pointed out? I've always thought this when people quickly take things down, unless you um, unless you suddenly realised in horror you didn't know this was a trope. And, you know, why would she just have this toy? So I know a lot of people are not going to believe her. People want to think the worst of people. Uh, but I... I absolutely do believe her. She immediately took that down when it was pointed out to her and she put up another photo without the blue toy or whatever, okay? I, I don't think she has any interest in those kinds of, in that kind of anti-Semitism. I think it's a much deeper, more subtle kind that, that she doesn't, I wouldn't say she has or is, but that she is affected by. Support for Gaza and support for Gazans therein or Palestinians therein is an absolutely appropriate and rightful stance to take. The people of Gaza are suffering beyond anything I can imagine right now. I lit a candle for those Palestinian innocents last week and continue to hold them in my thoughts today as I hope you all do too. But there are a few truly amazing facets of Greta's support for Gaza. 
Firstly, it's an opportunistic chance to advance her climate campaign and to remain relevant. I'm afraid to say that I don't consider her at all an empathetic person. And just to echo what I was saying before, I don't blame her, but I do blame those around her who told her she was divine from the age of 15. Secondly, there were no big campaign posts from Greta to commiserate the families of those killed by terrorists in Israel. This speaks to what I believe is her tribal nature. She sees herself, this Swedish Western woman, taking a year off of school to swan about the globe and take meetings with world leaders as an underdog. Throughout time, we've learned that the road to hell is paved with good intentions, but it's also paved with a sense of victimhood. The Nazis believed that they were the victims of the Jews, and narcissism as well, uh, believing that you hold the true truth. You know, you're the one with that true truth. That, that takes real narcissism. Um, and I think that often leads to really bad things. Thirdly, I would say they've made the mistake, Greta and her friends, that many high school and college students are making, deliberately or unconsciously, which is to equate the plight of the struggle of the Palestinian people with her own agenda, climate change. Others have done this with their various campaigns, for example, LGBT for Palestine, and Greta's now you know, with friends putting up these things, you know, climate change and Palestine, as if those two things are possibly linked. Again, it's the problem of a brain not fully developed and a human not yet free to live as an adult and to slowly begin to understand the extraordinary nuances involved in everyday life, the compromises, the many sides to every story and the rights and individual liberties of those who oppose you. It's much more important in many respects to defend the right to free speech to those who oppose you than it is for your own tribe. That's what true empathy is, and that's what true understanding of free speech is. It takes years or decades for each of us to begin to understand that not all of those who oppose us do so because they're evil or stupid, but that they simply view the world differently and have different priorities. So what Greta sub subscribes to is part of something called postmodernist theory. It basically holds that nothing means anything, and anybody who gives uh, a true meaning to anything or anyone who sticks to conservative ideas is not just old-fashioned, but a colonizer or oppressor. This is, of course, very attractive to young students, particularly those who feel powerless compared to adults and who want to flip the script by attaching the negative connotation of oppressor to anyone who's lived a life. It means that despite being a kid who has no life experience, has never really done anything of any note, you have some sort of intrinsic specialness just by being young and postmodernist. You are the virtuous one. And that's attractive because it's a very easy way to feel special. What we as adults have to do is to disabuse children and teenagers of such high and mighty, ridiculous, grandiose notions so they don't turn into psychopaths and narcissists. We have to help them to understand the nuances of the world and certainly not to affirm them in their delusions. A major facet of postmodernism today, which we see mostly at high schools and academia, in academia everywhere, is this concept of something called intersectionality. Intersectionality has a really great underlying idea. It was popularised by Kimberly Crenshaw, where, who, who thought about the difference between how society treats and reacts to, say, a white person and a black person, and how this wasn't really a complex enough way to analyse the world, because the way a black man experiences the world is so different to a black woman. 
And what about the differences between a poor black woman and a rich black woman? And so on and so forth. So intersectionality is supposed to be a way of taking into consideration every different aspect of an individual rather than blanket terms for just black, white, male, female. And it is a nice idea when it isn't taken uh, with, in an abs as, as an absolute. But it has been morphed and corrupted by passionate young people just like Greta who don't truly understand the concept. And even the concept's popularising figure, Crenshaw, has said that she is surprised with how it's been changed. She said, this is what happens when an idea travels beyond the context and the content. And that's how you end up with a climate change advocate, be advocate believing that somehow Palestinian rights are aligned with their own purpose. It's a particularly narcissistic and solipsistic way to view the world because you basically see yourself as a freedom fighter and doer of good and an underdog, no matter how privileged and fortunate you may be in your life. You're the victim. You're the underdog. And anyone of colour is labelled an underdog with you. Anyone with a particular... Um, minority, ethnicity, whatever it might be that gets you in the hierarchy of competitive victimhood. Um, so in a way, it's, it's just absolutely, I just, I just find this really, really interesting. Um, and in a way it is, you know, it's incredibly presumptuous and racist as well. Uh, it, it just means that you, you see anybody who is, say, uh, a darker skin colour than you, and you go, oh, they must be victims. I, I know a lot of people who are minorities and from minority backgrounds who hate that, who hate always be, having that assumption, having to live with the assumption that they need help from people like Greta. Greta describing her autism as a superpower and making sure it is front and centre of her work is brave, but it's also manipulative because it means that she wins these victimhood games and anyone who speaks against her is automatically labelled an oppressor. There's no doubt that Palestinians are in many respects underdogs, but they're certainly not linked in any way to climate change campaigning. In fact, their adversaries in this war, Israel, well, they are known to have a zero-waste and circular e economy agenda. That's not to blame Palestinians for not having climate change as their primary concern. They're fighting a war, losing their homes and dying in the thousands right now. If anything, they serve as a reminder to Greta and certain students that she walks around with that some things come before her ideological agenda, as important as it is on a larger macrocosm. Many LGBT groups have also expressed solidarity with Palestine and against Israel, forgetting that Israel is one of the safest places in the world to be gay, while homosexuality is punishable by the death penalty in some Muslim countries. But let's zone in just on Gaza, because the West Bank, which is not where we're talking about at the moment, it's the other side, it's on the other side of Israel. Um, the West Bank is uh, a territory that has slightly more relaxed rules around those kinds of things. Gaza, where we are talking about right now, where Hamas is based right now, Gaza is extremely conservative on the matter. All men convicted of having engaged in homosexual acts get up to 10 years in prison. So those LGBT for Palestine protesters live in a cloud where they're either turkeys voting for Christmas, simple as that, or they're arrogant enough, and this is what I think, they're arrogant enough to believe that once freed of this imperialism or whatever, that Palestinians would naturally see their Western ways, the LGBT Western ways, as the best path to follow, and they will embrace homosexuality. But history and geography prove this is an absurd notion and absolutely would not happen. 
The other problem with this student take on intersectionality is that we get a hierarchy of victimhood. So if we see the war through this fallacy, then Israel becomes the oppressor. And this feeds into centuries of anti-Semitic propaganda, the idea that the 15 million Jews in the world in their country that is the size of New Jersey, most of which is uninhabited desert, are somehow the the, the big, rich, amazing, you know, it just, it, it's, it's so twisted, um, considering all the countries around it are trying to kill it or want to kill them and to wipe them off the planet. Many of the countries around them do want that. But to have them as that hierarchy, uh, and, and this is the thing, because Greta Thunberg did not release anything about Israel when the terrorist attacks, it was just, you know, the horrific terrorist attacks that killed, I think the, I think the death count's at 1,400 now, and many, many hostages still in Gaza. We've not heard a, heard a word from Greta. And the only presumption the only i mean it is a presumption but the only thing we can really take from that is that greta does consider in this social hierarchy that jewish people's lives are not worthy enough that it's not as important so when greta or the lgbt guys start to promote slogans linking climate change and lgbt rights to support for palestine the presumption is as i say that israel and its jews are on the other side a conservative anti-gay bunch of climate deniers this despite being one of the only true democracies and gay-friendly countries in the Middle East. The reality, by the way, isn't the opposite to that. It, it doesn't help to take sides to suggest these are good and evil, these are the bad guys, these are the, these are the good guys. It just doesn't help. And if I do that, if we do that, then we sink to the tribal and unedu uneducated levels of the Greta Thunbergs of this world. I've criticised her quite a lot in this video, but really my criticism is aimed at those who have enabled her she has a good cause, climate change, stopping it. She also sacrificed a lot by taking long journeys rather than planes and things like that. That's part of the sacrificial biological imperative we seem to have. It's why the concept of sacrifice is so strong in religions and cults, but I still respect her conviction. A Fox News presenter called her a shrieking psycho brat and bug-eyed brat, and that's just horrible. I don't like the ad hominem attacks, particularly those labelled at a teenage girl trying to figure out what she believes and who she is. But unfortunately, it seems like she already has it all figured out, and that's what is hard not to call out. But please do not send our horrible messages. That all leads me to a philosophical question. Are activists narcissists? They adopt causes, bad ones like Scientology and good ones like climate change. Remember that all of these causes seem good to their devotees and, and sometimes they seem good to the, the greater public and sometimes that changes with the years. So much of our morality and our societal norms is um, subjective and, and likely to change. But, you know, they all think that they're doing good and they run with them, they go with them, often at the expense of their own comfort but also the expense of their own friendships, their relationships with their families. I'm sure you've all encountered people who are utterly devoted to a really good cause, but are also so selfish in real life with their friends and family, so selfish as to appear almost psychopathic in real life. And perhaps we need activists. Perhaps that's no bad thing. Perhaps we need activists who are a bit narcissistic or psychopathic because most well-meaning people simply don't care enough to do much about it. We're not attracted enough by the acclaim that it appears Greta seeks. We don't need it that much. We don't want it that much. So we don't do much. 
And maybe we need those psychopaths, psychopathic people, or people on the spectrum of psycho psychopathy to, to advance progressive causes. My former guest, Helen Lewis, wrote an excellent feminist book called Difficult Women about how a lot of the suffragettes and feminists over the years have also had difficult personalities, as activists often do, and as people often do in general. But it has been shown that those who signal their virtue online are far more likely, this is like studies have been done on this, far more likely than the average person or the rest of the population to exhibit signs of narcissism and psychopathy. It was a way as we evolved to do better and get more food and shelter in the tribes if you could show others that you were a good person. And that drive to have purpose, as we know from Scientology and other cults, can lead us to twist, lead to us twisting the truth and ending up in a place where climate change, LGBT rights, and the terrorist organization Hamas in Gaza are somehow conflated as one, one cause for all, instead of the complicated truth. As Greta's dad said, she's much happier now she's telling world leaders what to do. I don't doubt that, and I don't doubt that she seriously believes what she's saying. It's just that somebody had to provide some nuance, some friendly advice, some parenting to her. So please, as I say, do not be mean to Greta. Don't send her vitriol. Not only is it not very nice, but it'll only entrench her further in her views. What I would encourage you to do is to call it out when you hear her or others spouting this hypocritical lunacy and say, hang on, that's not quite right. The world is much more complex than it seems. I will be open to a couple of questions and comments and points if you guys want to get some in now. Are there any thoughts and things? Let's go to the comments and reactions uh, so I can see that. This is exactly my point. Anna Rose says, Mother Teresa was a monster. I don't think that is anything to aspire towards. Greta should have a seat and listen for once. Absolutely. I think Mother Teresa, there was that great documentary by Christopher Hitchens all those years ago, uh, pointing out exactly what a hypocrite she was. I don't remember all of it, but I do remember that she often refused to give medication to suffering people her patients because she would rather that they suffered and died and spread more awareness and also because god didn't need them having um uh, any kind of uh, pills and thing painkillers and things like that awful and as mel says but she was happy to take painkillers and have clean needles for herself I think that so often, I think this is a big, big point, and, it, and it's an important point to me because it's a huge part of this channel. We're always talking with cults and stuff like that. Uh, and the main thing I want people to take away from this channel is the realization that people fall into cults who are generally good people, but it is a very human thing, particularly among humans who are vulnerable and have a certain need to feel special. And I'm quite sure that Greta fit that mold. Uh, to follow a cause unflinchingly without giving it too much thought and to start telling everybody else what to do, sometimes with extraordinary, extraordinary arrogance. So there you go. Tom D. Mann says, Greta's parents both performers. They wanted vicarious fame through her. That's a really interesting point. I didn't actually know that. So there you go. Really, really interesting. Oh, see this? I love the comments. By the way, please hit that like button. Um, and I don't know what else What else makes it spread. What else makes the video spread? I don't even know. But share it on social media. Um, 
Ian Holmes says, question, is a private jet the accepted conveyance of an eco-warrior? This was one of the problems we had with Harry and Meghan who were constantly getting on these jets and things. And it was like, oh no, but I need to get on the jets. And you absolutely don't. For any of us, I mean, getting on a jet, right? I think sometimes we actually, we know it's ridiculous and, and over the top, but we actually forget just quite how insanely privileged that is because, and, and I don't mind it, by the way, if you're rich, you're rich, do what you want. But I just don't want to hear you shouting about the environment. I don't have any problem with just rich people who are not shouting about the environment taking private jets. But just the idea of riding first class would just be, I can't even imagine it. I don't think, I, look, in Greta's defense here, I don't think she generally takes jets that often. Or, or I don't know if she, she ever does. I mean, I know she takes planes whenever she has to. because. But even if it's once, the assumption that she is so important that she is going to single-handedly, as a teenage girl with no life experience, advance the cause of humanity, it's a bit far. Um, Dave Hill says, Suffering, A, leads to purification, B, is cheaper to achieve, and C, made Mother Teresa glad it wasn't her. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, look, like, come on, let's be honest. There's no way that Mother Teresa wasn't sitting there thinking, God, I am great the whole time. She must have. And the adulation of being known as the best person ever, being like the dictionary synonym for best person ever who cares the most about everyone. She obviously loved that or she wouldn't have done it. Humans need imperatives. I'm a big believer in determinism. I think it's fine, but I think we do things because they uh, feel good for us to do them. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but I think we do that. And, you know, people are calling her a monster. Uh, Liz Krill says, Wow, Andrew, that makes so much sense that these people are sociopaths. In my opinion, the sociopaths are in different degrees. Yeah, it's on a spectrum, I do think. So there is the um, the hair test. Uh, not hair like hair, but H-A-R-E. And that is, uh, is it Robert Hare? Bob? Robert? They do 20 questions and you get marked out of two. It's subjective, of course, but uh, for all different things that might make you a psychopath. Uh, and it's, I've done it on myself and all my friends, of course. Uh, and I was an empath. Of course I was. Of course I'd like to think of myself that way. Um, mm -mm. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that. Private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com heretics and get three extra months for free. That's 
expressvpn.com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn.com slash heretics to learn more. Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on what could go right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. Laurie Washburn, question, tell us more about her views. You haven't said exactly what she's telling people. Oh, well, she's right. Well, her views in general are basically climate change has to stop and we have to do things to stop it. But she never gives solutions to that. I've not heard that. Maybe over the years she has eventually done that, but it is mostly slogans and propaganda. And it's saying, how dare you? And just saying to the older generations that they've ruined her life and her dreams and things like that. It's utter nonsense. The older generations have built hospitals for her, have built um, all sorts of amazing societal structures, both metaphorically and physically. They've done amazing things so that she can get on a jet and go around the world if she does get on a jet uh, for her. They've also maybe screwed up with the climate change thing, but the way that she speaks about it is just really out of order. And today she did this big post in favour of Gaza, I stand with Gaza. I think there are other ways of saying things. I think there are ways of saying, hey, I support Israel's right to exist, but I also want the Palestinian people to have a better time of it. Uh, I'm not sure what the solution is. But yet again, it was a case of Greta just giving out the virtue signaling just slogan without actually worrying about what the solution is. She, She makes all the leaders look bad. Look at you guys, you're all doing bad things and killing each other without actually saying, here's what I would do. Maybe once she is 25 and her brain is fully developed, she will start to have some real opinions about how to actually rectify things like this because some of the best minds in the world have failed at it, right? No one's really worked out what to do with Israel and Palestine. So I'm not sure that this teenage girl really, with no experience of it from Sweden, is going to have a much better idea. She hasn't given us any sign of it so far, but in the very post that she put about standing with Gaza, okay, it was Palestine and climate change. That's like, that, like as if those things are somehow related. And that was the problem I had with it. Although a lot of people had a problem with the octopus teddy bear that she had, the stuffed toy, which looked uh, anti-Semitic. But I believe her that it wasn't. I think we have to give people the benefit of the doubt with these kinds of things. Um, let's see, scroll down. Yep, Susie Glucksman makes a good point. I feel sorry for her. She's being used by her parents and adults with an agenda. It's actually disgusting. I agree, Susie. I think it's actually disgusting what people have done with her because how can you turn out as a well-rounded individual, a good 
reasonable person who sees both sides of things. When you constantly are Pavlovian conditioned from the age of 15 to just say like a barking seal, like, oh, uh, how dare you? Uh, climate change bad, all things we already think. And everybody just applauds. Of course, it was going to lead to her at that very experimental age in your, in your early 20s to conflate mad things like climate change, LGBT rights and Palestine rights. Absolutely bonkers. Um, some people saying her parents made money. They do not come out of this world, do they? Her parents used her and made money. I don't know about that fair maiden, uh, but I, I, I have no idea. I'm feeling sharp as a tack, Zara. Thank you very much. Uh, and I, I'm glad you like this point of view. It's something that when I saw this morning, I thought I've got to say something about it. Um, so there you go. Um, hmm. Kirsten Wright, I'd love to fly first class. Ah, oh, well, I can but believe. Yeah, I know. I would love that. I've never even gotten, I don't think I've even ridden business class, but hey, some people have never even been on a flight, you know, so it's all just compared to whatever. And then there's the question, by the way, to how nice, right? Traveling is never nice, right? Traveling is not supposed to be the nice thing. You've got to wait at the airport, you do this and that. It's a whole thing. And the nice thing is the holiday itself, right? So how nice does holiday travel have to be so that the travel itself is actually better than the holiday. And is that possible? Is there any first class situation? Because even everyone, oh my God, first class, oh, how amazing. But isn't it just amazing? I don't know. Isn't it only amazing relative to being an economy? It's not amazing relative to me just sitting here right now, right? If I was traveling, flying, and this was my jet, I'm on it now, I would be going, oh my God, I've got first class. This is the best moment of my, oh my God. Oh, lie back. How do I do Get the chair back. Here we go. First class, oh, I can't believe it. I'll be taking photos, telling everyone how amazing it is. So maybe that says something to us that we need to actually start appreciating just being alive and breathing in a room because we seem to get very excited about it if we happen to be in the air while doing it. Um, but also, should we do a crowdfunder for for Kristen, uh, for Kirsten? Let's do a let's do a crowdfunder so she can fly. No, uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to get your hopes up, uh, Kirsten. But uh, we should do one so I can fly first class um, at some point. Let's see. I'm just scrolling down still. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Crypto influence scams exposed. <laughs> That's an interesting name. Let's stop beating around the bush here. Greta is not a positive influence on the world. It's all about shame and force with her and all. Yeah, I think so as well. But I, the reason I beat about the bush is because you've got to remember this woman is a victim. She is a woman now. She's 20. She's a victim of circumstance as well. She is neurodivergent, right? That's not an excuse for everything. Lots of people are neurodivergent and they're not annoying you know and she's a bit annoying but that's not the worst thing in the world to be i do think that people around her have made her into what she is and it's a shame here's lee my regular saying i don't do eco warriors i also don't believe in the biggest hoax of all climate change just another tool to keep the masses in fear and guilt lee stop it don't say those things i i do believe in i do believe in it very much i don't like eco warriors but as i was saying earlier i am happy they're there I, you know, and not the Just Stop Oil guys, because I can't, you know, what if I need to get to the hospital and they're in the middle of the road, gluing their hands to the road and that kind of stuff. But, you know, the suffragettes threw themselves, in, well, one of them threw herself in front of a horse and died. So, you know, and at the time, she probably seemed like a nuisance. But a hundred years later, I think she's revered as a heroine who, oh, I shouldn't say that word because it sounds like the drug that's going to get me cancelled on this YouTube thing. But uh, she's revered as a hero who... Uh, who changed helped to get women the vote you know maybe in 100 years the eco warriors will be seen as uh geniuses and, and all of these things you know so 
Mm-mm-mm. Oh, just to give another opinion, you've always got to have other opinions, uh, plurality of opinion on this channel. Quatchet says, Andrew, I am horrified. I worked for Mother Teresa in India. What Christopher Hitchens wrote was nonsense. He made a documentary. How could anyone call her a monster? It makes no sense. Interesting, Quatchet, and I can't believe that you worked for Mother Teresa. I'd love to hear more about that. I don't know if I'll get to see it because the comments come thick and fast, but I'm very, very intrigued. Um... And I think this is the point, KCC's Karen's Chronic Corner. Monster is a tad unfair. Some monsters are good. And I think they are, it's like a net good. And I think we have to be careful of that because too much net good has led to atrocities over the years. Uh, but I don't know. Um, I'm just scrolling down to look at the stuff. <laughs> Some funny stuff that I don't want to say horrible things, though. Um, ba -ba -ba. There you go. Alicia B says, as you said, Greta isn't old enough for her prefrontal cortex to be fully formed, which happens at 25 or 26. Until then, her critical thought process isn't fully functional. And that's a great point, Alicia. I think you well, you spelled it out in a way that I wasn't able to about the, the prefrontal cortex. And that's that bit there, isn't it? Prefrontal. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because pre, I think frontal should be enough. I suppose there's frontal and it's even further pre in, in, in front of it. And I, I know what you're saying. And this is the thing. The very unfortunate thing about that is that kind of development is exactly the development you need to be able to understand just how little development you have. What I mean is, that's the part of your brain, it appears, that you need to be humble about your own knowledge. So ironically, I suppose it's the Dunning-Kruger thing that the people with the least knowledge are the ones who are most confident about the little knowledge that they have. They think they have more than they do. Um... Uh, yeah, Imans7j says, why she did the right thing. Israel have right to exist, but they occupy Palestinian territory from 1967 after six-day war. They do not accept two-state solution. Iman, I don't think you've listened to what I said at the beginning. You've not done your homework because, well, whether they've occupied or not, I mean, they're not occupying Gaza now, but I understand why they do not accept two-state solution. They've offered it five times to Palestine who have said no every single time because they will only accept having the whole country. I don't know what you've been told. But even so, you've not listened to my point. My point was about um, conflating support for Palestine with things that are popular at universities like um, climate change and LGBT rights, and it makes no sense. It is perfectly reasonable otherwise to support Palestine and to be on that side of the debate, even though I would say you are misinformed about Israel accepting the two-state solution because they've offered it five times, even though it would not be very good for them. They have withdrawn from Gaza, and look what happened. So there you go. Um, da -da -da -da. Scrolling down quite fast. There's a lot of comments today, which is always good. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. What do you guys think when I'm going ba 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 ba? That's not that's not great, is it? It's not it's not great content to watch. Um, <laughs> I don't know what this is about. Joseph says Mother Teresa flew an Apache helicopter in the Gulf War. Can't be right. Can't be true. Uh, uh, uh. Again, Iman, you, you're misinformed. Even the hospital that Israel bombed was Christian hospital. Everybody now knows. Where have you been? Everybody now knows that Hamas bombed it themselves. That's not even a conspiracy. They've basically admitted it. Everybody knows they bombed it themselves by accident. And the hospital wasn't bombed. The car park was bombed. They accidentally bombed the car park of their own hospital. And immediately everyone suspected Israel and people of my ethnicity. Iman. So come on. I don't mind people having 
differing views, but it can't be that misinformed. It's been days since that has come out as fact. Gosh. Um, but I respect your opinion and you being here. Uh, da, 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 da. Win Snade said, does a documentary always mean truth or the maker's truth? Yeah, very. look, that's about Christopher Hitchens and Mother, Mother Teresa. I don't have a problem with what you're saying. Documentaries are, of course, subjective, but he put together a lot of different points and things like that, and I think it was interesting. But yeah, look, again, I welcome plurality of opinion. We can talk about any hero, and I know I'm going to offend someone, aren't I? But any hero of activism, uh, Martin Luther King, I think there... <laughs> I shouldn't speak wrongly, should I? Misinformed. I went to Atlanta, though. I went to his museum. One of the most amazing people, one of the most amazing speakers of all time. But didn't he do bad stuff? Gandhi was, I'm pretty sure, cheating on his wife. And Martin Luther King might have been. Not someone I want to slander. Because if I'm wrong, that's bad. But I'm pretty sure I've heard that. Let's stick with Mother Teresa, shall we? Uh, oh, Super Chats. Joni Cummings, what is Greta famous for? Is she actually educated enough to be able to have an opinion? Brackets, public. Yeah, you're right. She can have an opinion in private, in public. No, of course not. She's just a girl who went to school. How many... Right, what's the population of Sweden? Population of Sweden. 10.4 million. So there's five or six million women. Uh, I presume 99% of them went to school. So she's one of just five million of them that have gone to school and left it. In fact, she's quite unique because she had less schooling than most people her age because she missed a year. She has caught up eventually, but she basically was held back a year because she wanted to go tell Obama how to run a country. It's, it's really mad. I can't believe it. Um, Vamp Diva says, did you hear about the gardener who want, went crazy? Is this going to be a joke? He was hearing voices in his shed. <laughs> it was a joke. Lol, sorry, wanted to add humour. Keep up the great work. Love you. Thanks, Vamp Diva. I hope people enjoyed that. I bet I bet there's a 10% going, what's the... What's the... Or, or some people taking it seriously and going, what do you mean a shed? How can it be a shed? I'm angry now because that doesn't fit the ideology that I went into this YouTube video espousing. Um, right, who's, who's... Let's do another couple of questions, right. Uh, um, da, da, da. This is it, Mrs. K. At 20, I barely knew anything about life. 38 years later, I'm still learning so much. Well, exactly. I defy anybody at whatever age they are. I'm 34 now, and I look back to when I was 20. Some of the stupid things I did and said, and I continue to do stupid things, but I look back now and I go, oh, my word. And some of them were in the name of that kind of um, progressive politics. I was trying really hard to feel good about myself because you need to when you're 20. And I thought about this a lot. When you're like 18 or 19, you go on a date with a girl or a boy or whatever, because that's that's one of your main aims, isn't it, when you're 18? And I thought recently, what the hell did we talk about when you're 18? It's not like you can say on your date, like, oh gosh, well, I've been traveling for many, many years and the last 10 years I've been working with this. Well, I did have one kid over there. You, do, you don't have any experience. The only thing you can talk about is like, Oh, gosh, my mum's so annoying. Oh, my God, they're so annoying. And, oh, my teachers at school, like, they're so annoying. Um, that's all you could possibly say to one another, I think, on a date. So I think you do have to invent these kinds of bigger pictures. And that's why I was reading loads of, like, all these uh, clever books when I was 19. Now, 
I don't read any, not in a million years am I going to sit down and read one of these like Salman Rushdie epics, right? Back in the day, I'm sitting there like getting through it because Dostoevsky and all that, because I needed to show that I had something because I had no life experience. But similarly, loads of people that age do that with movies. So all around student accommodation, you've got posters of like the godfather and train spotting choose life choose this and it's supposed to be somehow deep and it's showing that you're different because you like this movie that's one of the most popular movies of all time that everyone likes but that's your personality that's how you're different and another way of doing it is politics of course and it's going well i'm this great person because i have these great beliefs and all my beliefs happen to align with the beliefs of all the other students but okay and so that's what it is and i think <clears throat> you'll rarely meet and they do exist but you'll rarely meet a 20 year old who will say you know what i don't know any of this stuff i should know more but i don't and i'm gonna defer to the greater judgment of people who are a bit wiser and older i've never heard a 20 year old say that so i won't expect it from greta thunberg but the shame is that she's got a huge influence she's got like 15 million instagram followers i don't even know on twitter you talk about millions and millions of people we've given her the keys to our minds She's able to influence us in ways that a 20-year-old girl who got famous for saying, how dare you, to politicians, is able to have not just more influence, but considerably more influence than everybody watching this video and me and everyone I know put together times about a thousand. That's how much influence she has when she puts out a stupid tweet about um, Palestine and climate change. Bloody ridiculous. And again, I don't even blame her. I blame what has made her. Uh, and I don't like when people just have a go at her and say horrible things because it's just, what's the point of that? Um, did you know, Ian Holmes says, Columbo was based on the detective in Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. Oh, well, there you go. I love that book. And I tell you what, that got known as a bit of a book like, oh, you're showing off, you read Dostoevsky. It's actually a very easy read and it's a page turner. And I've told loads of people that who didn't believe me and then they read it and they went, oh my God, it actually is. It's a really interesting and fun and uh, it's a thriller. It's a thriller where, you know, Raskolnikov, the main character, is being caught by that police cop. Uh, and, and or, or is he? And it, it's really, really fascinating. So there you go. Right. I think that's for today. You know, hit that like button if you actually enjoy the stuff I'm saying. I don't know. I put a lot of effort into it today. I really went for it. I wanted to really convince and sway and not be too harsh one way or the other. And keep on watching this channel. But, yeah, share it all out. Share, share it as many people. Tell people about this channel because it's not growing well, it is growing, isn't it? But it should grow even faster. Keep watching it. Uh, 